Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, uh, yes we do, talking sports, uh. It's for you, Ray and Tay, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports. Give us a call, okay? Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, Tal Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. And it is March Madness ending. The national championship is here, baby. So let's tip it off. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, rayandtaytoday.com. Tweet at us at rayandtaytoday. Man, a lot to talk about. I talk about baseball, the women. Ray, you ready for, for North Carolina Gonzaga or what? Oh, man, I've been ready for a full year. After my man Chris Jenkins hit the game-winning shot, Carolina's heartbroken. We were heartbroken as Carolina fans. We're ready for this game. And you know what? When you look back at it, with the exception of Villanova, and they won last year, but really I think it was really Carolina, Villanova, and Gonzaga as the three best teams, if you really thought about it. Duke had their ups and downs. Arizona was good. Kentucky's too young, but really, these are probably the three best teams, so great matchup. Number one versus number one, team that's never won it versus team that's won it five times, great matchup. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Let's let's look at how we got here before we predict that we could touch a little bit on baseball and, and, and Russell and Peterson going to visit the Patriots, but Gonzaga played a great game with South Carolina. And, you know, there were moments where it looked like they were going to blow them out. And you saw the amazing ability of the power forward, Jonathan Williams, 6'9", Karnowski, 7-footer, Williams, Goss. I mean, Matthews, this is an NBA team. Zach Collins, a 7-footer off the bench, who could be the end of the lottery type, type of pick if he chooses to come out. He's so talented. And you're like, when you look at Gonzaga... In your head, you're like, this is Goliath versus Goliath in terms of for tonight. But i got to give South Carolina credit. With Sundarius Stormwell under the weather, and he was sick, and you saw, and Frank Marin admitted this morning on Mike and Mike that he probably should have sat him a little bit in the first half because he was so tired. He had the three-pointer and then hit two free throws, only had five points at halftime. Second half, South Carolina down nine. Like always, they make a run. No one thought they'd be able to do it. They did. They got it close, took the lead. And then Gonzaga just went inside three plays in a row. Before you knew it, boom, it was a wrap. And give Gonzaga um, and their coaching staff everything, all the credit in the world. But literally, they have too much posse and had too much posse for Cinderella Stonewell, Frank Martin, and the boys. And, you know, you tip your hat to South Carolina because they had a great season, Ray. You know what? They have nothing to hold their head down about. These guys haven't won an NCAA tournament since Alex 
Alex English was playing there in 1973. So kudos to them. Kudos to the SEC showing up big. And Frank Martin, he's really turned that program around. So now, guess what? Are they now an up-and-comer in the SEC? So it's not all about Kentucky and then Florida. and South Carolina's on the block. So good for them. Great, great season. And, you know, kudos to the women. So South Carolina took down the women's title. Oh, yeah. Dawn Stanley. Great story with her because she's been in the game for a long time. You know, back when we were in school, she was down there doing things at UVA. Her and uh, what was the point guard? Tammy Reese. Woo! Remember that? Oh, my goodness. So, you know, that. Three out of four years, she was in the final four. Yeah, no, she, and you know what Frank Martin said, as soon as he got there, she totally came and helped out, gave him advice, you know, he goes to their practice, you know, vice versa, um, and Asia Wilson was just dominant, and it was a great win, obviously Mississippi State shocked the world by upsetting UConn, and remember, UConn, the year before, what was it, Sweet 16, beat them by 60, set a record, so Mississippi State took that they put 60 as their mantra and they came back face UConn again and then beat them. That's a great story. And the SEC was great. So kudos for the women. Now moving to the men, the other semifinal boy, Oregon ducks, Ray, they have nothing to be ashamed of. What a run without their big guy, Chris Boucher. They needed him for this game. Finally against the Tar Heels, they didn't have him and it, it came to fruition, not having that size, but for them to lose by one point without Tyler Dorsey having a good game at all says a lot about that team, a lot about Dana Altman, the coach. Uh, Dylan Brooks and some of the boys are really playing well, Pritchard. But at the end of the day, North Carolina didn't look great, but they looked good enough when they had to. And even though they choked on the free throw line, Kennedy Meeks was about his business. What was it, 25 and 14? I mean, wow, right? Yep. Career was, high 25, too. That just shows uh, you at, for a senior big man that he scores, but he's usually not the team's leading scorer. Uh, Joel Berry needs to hit those two free throws, but good for Kennedy Meese grabbing the rebound and really sealing the deal. You know, if you watch this game, depends on if you're a glasses half full or glasses half empty guy. If you're a glasses half full guy and you're going up against Carolina, you say to yourself, there'll always be a stretch where Carolina lets you back in it. And they were up big in the second half. And then Oregon got right back in it. If the glasses half empty, you say to yourself, Carolina's size, when they walk off the bus, they've got like six players that are six, 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 seven or taller that, that can really play and contribute and then go 10 deep. So depending on which Carolina team shows up, I tell you what, for 40 minutes, you know, we'll talk about predictions in a minute, but 40 minutes, that's a long time. You got to play good basketball for 40 minutes and Carolina's played great basketball at times and they've played pretty poorly at times too. I think that Gonzaga has been much more consistent this year. Definitely. You know, really they have. I think my issue with North Carolina, you worry about Joel Berry. Um, You know, both those ankles are hurting. Obviously, during the game, Karnowski and Williams Goth, you know, both got hurt. Uh, Williams Goth hurt his hand. He got a floor burn and he hurt his ankle. And then Karnowski with the eye. So, 
you know, uh, it'll be amazing. So, hey, before we get to the prediction, so we gave South Carolina women their props. They took care of Mississippi State pretty handily, and Asia Wilson won, and Don Staley, yada, yada. But baseball opened up, and all the games are going on today. So baseball's back. Yesterday you had the Rays beat the Yankees. The Diamondbacks come back and beat the Giants. And then the Cardinals, in a pretty good game, beat the Cubs. So opening day is here. You got to put your cap on. Hashtag caps on, Ray. So, you know, I don't know. You know, you're traveling abroad. If you, if you, if you got the speed, if they got the hashtag caps on overseas or not. But, you know, right now, baseball is big. The, you know, the, the Mets are, are winning, looking like they're going to uh, win and beat the Braves. So that's kind of, you know, somebody made a good point. I don't know what you think. That, you know, it should be like a national holiday that uh, baseball, you know, the first day of the season. I think that might be too much. I'd rather it be the Super Bowl, but, um, you know. How about both? <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> six nothing, six nothing Mets, top of the eighth. So that's, that's awesome. Syndergaard's been great. Um, you know, they've been taking care of business. The Washington Nationals already got their win. Um, you know, Red Sox are shutting out the Pirates. So I got to tell you, Chris Archer looked good against the Yankees. Uh, that was a pretty impressive pitching performance. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's going to be a, a long 162, Ray. So I'm, ex- I'm definitely excited about baseball. But did you see what your boy Russell did? His 40th triple-double? Uh, was it 40? I don't know if it was how many points it was, but it was like 40, 13, and 10. Tonight, he's going to try to attempt to tie Oscar Robinson. He has six games left, and if he gets another triple-double, it'll be 41. I mean, if this guy blows away and winds up with 42 or 43 triple-doubles and averages a triple-double, how could you not give him the MVP? I mean, come on, Ray. You know what? I agree with you 100%. The only problem is, you know, and, and my vote goes to Russell Westbrook, right? Yeah. But the same reason you'd vote for James Harden two, three weeks ago is the same reason you'd vote for him in a week. You know, the, the triple-double number is kind of artificial, right? It's like, okay, uh, yeah. you know, double digits, rebounds, double digits. Harden's leading the league in assists. Harden's team is doing better, and he's scoring a little bit less, and he's, and he's uh, rebounding a little bit less. So statistically – they're a, let's say they're a wash. I mean, slight advantage to Westbrook, but Russell, uh, but Russell's team's not doing as well as Harden's team. Now you could argue Harden's team might have more offensive talent, whatever. Um, so, so that's the only, that's the only comment that I would have. The same people that are voting for Harden last week are going to vote for him next week. Um, and that's okay. You should stick with your vote. I, I don't know that this triple double record should change your vote, but still, I just, I just see that what he does on the court, how much he puts in, and his team wins when he gets triple-doubles. So I, I got to give Russell the MVP. They said that he would be the shortest player in NBA history to average over 10 rebounds a game at his height of 6'4". I mean, listen, I, I think I agree in terms of that, but it's a third seed against a sixth seed. It'd be different if Westbrook had the ninth seed and he wasn't making a playoff doing this. He's still in the playoffs, right? We're just talking about seeding. So to me, I think that it almost washes it out. It'd be different. He's not the eighth seed or the ninth or 10th. He's the sixth seed they're, and they can move up to five. I mean, they're making a playoffs. So, and the fact that when he gets the triple doubles, 
his 40 triple doubles, they're like 32 and eight or something. That's impressive. So, you know, it's not like he's doing it. really unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know, watching the team, Stephen Adams, we thought he'd step up from last year's playoff performance. He looked so great. He's had a down season. Cantor's been in and out of the lineup. Victor Oladipo can't shoot. There's no shooters in the roster. They got Jarian Grant. I mean, this guys he's like alone. Russell is really alone. I mean, we know Victor can take it to the basket and score, but overall, he's got no help. And his second best player is the baskets. Yeah, and then Adams has had a down season. It's not like Oladipo's gotten better than what he was doing at Orlando. So um, I would have to edge. You know, I kept going back and forth and say, oh, maybe we should give it a tie. I'm like, look, this dude, he's going to probably wind up with 42 or 43 triple doubles. And I'm just like, that's. It is a little manufactured, you know, in some ways, but it's still 50-some-odd years since we've seen it and never thought we'd ever see it. Our whole lives, we grew up thinking that what Oscar did would never happen, and now it's happening in our lifetime. So everybody's got to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's stop. Let's reward this, because we never thought this would ever happen, period. You know what I mean? No, that's 100% true. That's a great point, and we... We're a little too young to remember Oscar, but everybody we know that it was a little bit older keeps talking about Oscar and how he's underrated, if you could be underrated as an NBA Hall of Famer. Right, exactly. And it's like it's funny, it's like, oh, now in the future, we're getting all brand new with the analytics and try to, like, say it's not that impressive. It's like, wait a minute. Half the season, and if he does it 42 or 43 times, more than half this season – a six three and a half six four slender but strong and athletic freak. He basically and it's not like his triple double is like thirteen. Right, it's ten, 10, 10, 10. ten. Yeah, it's like thirty one ten and ten. That's crazy. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, it's a great story. So let's get to it, man. Let's get to. Oh, so before we get to the preview, one more thing. You saw this, hopefully, Mister Hall of Fame running back. There might only be three in the game that are still kind of around, right? Frank Gore, Beast Mode, and AD. Adrian Peterson is probably currently, as we're speaking, visiting the New England Patriots. How sickening would that be to you? Good for Adrian Peterson, but for all anti-Patriot fans, if the Patriots sign Adrian Peterson, I mean, it's probably already over with the roster moves and then what are they going to do in the draft? But, Ray, they get Adrian Peterson. It's a wrap. You might as well just give them the Lombardi Trophy. If everybody stays healthy, that's too much posse. That's too much. Well, two things. One, they probably don't even need him. Uh, And two, what are they doing with LeGarrette Blunt? I guess that means that LeGarrette's out. Well, he's a free agent still, and so is Jamal Charles. Right, right. There's a lot of guys uh, but, left then, unsigned. And then three, Corey Dillon. That's the name that comes to mind. Now, obviously, Adrian Peterson is better than Corey Dillon. Yeah. But think about how Corey Dillon came there and just the, the machine just kept rolling with Corey Dillon. And he was a star in Cincinnati, took a lesser role with New England, and just but they kept feeding him and feeding him. So it would be a great pickup to pick up Adrian Peterson for anybody, but particularly for the defending champion. And I laugh with, you know, Romo, Cutler, and Kaepernick still out there. You got guys like Case Keenum, Geno Smith, and Mark Sanchez signing contracts in the last week and a half. It, it's just, I don't know, man. It, 
it's fascinating. It's hard trying to explain, like even to my seven-year-old son, that there's not 32 men on the planet Earth that can play the position of quarterback, that there's only about 20 that do it at, on average to, you know, excellent to very good. You know what I mean? And, and then I, it's just fascinating. I, I still, it's hard for me to fathom that Romo and Cutler might just drift off and like never play again or just have to wait till somebody gets injured to sign with a team. I mean, it's baffling, Ray. I don't know what the NFL is doing because it's not like there's little great quarterbacks coming in the draft either this year, you know? Yeah, the NFL, and, and by the time these guys get good, the Drew Breeses of the world, the Tom Brady's of the world, they're, they're going to be retiring. I mean, they can't play forever. So you're right. It's always about 15 to 20 guys that really can play the position. That's why there's a huge premium. That's why I got like – Kirk Cousins is going to make $24 million because there just aren't that many players that can play that position, the most important position in all the sports, potentially, that well. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I LeBron and uh, Paul George went at it last night. Great game, double overtime. Paul George, he put like, I think it was like 43-9-9 LeBron, but LeBron got busy too, got a triple-double, and they won. And, um, you know, him and Tristan Thompson got into it, but you know, LeBron apologized because, you know, LeBron's always quick to point out, you know, other teammates' er- uh, errors and mistakes in the court. And uh, Tristan Thompson was like, wait a minute, that was your man, and you didn't move and switch over. So, you know, don't 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 play yourself, homie, which I thought was good. LeBron owned up to it and apologized. But I still think, and you do too, the Cavs, whether they're, you know, they're half a game behind the Celtics, no matter what happens, they'll still get through the East, you know. Well, they play each other tomorrow on Wednesday. Oh, tomorrow uh, Wednesday. Conference Wednesday, yeah. Yeah. Winning that game wins the conference more than likely. And I love TNT to respect the uh, the national championship. They have Minnesota Portland starting at seven o'clock Eastern early game on Monday on TNT. So the game will be ending just as like the college basketball game tips off. Ray, this will just kill you. Nine twenty p.m. on the East Coast. How do kids stay up? They can't even stay up and watch the national championship on the East Coast. It's criminal. I don't know. Criminal, Ray. Let's get to it. <clears throat> I'm going to take a stab at it first. When I look at Nigel williams Goth and his, you know, almost 17 points a game, and he shoots close to 50%, and he's kind of the heart and soul of the team, but I don't think Barry with his size will be sticking him. They'll either put uh, Pipson or um, Justin Jackson on him. And Barry will wind up sticking Matthews, which is good because Matthews just stays out and shoot. Look, I think Karnowski and Collins have to be nullified and neutralized by Kennedy Meeks and Bradley. Bradley's going to have to come off the bench and battle with Collins. I actually think Gonzaga doesn't use Collins enough. He's so uber, uber talented. It's crazy. And not that you want to just bench Williams, but I know they do their rotation but when Karnowski and, 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 and Collins, Ray, and Zach Collins are, you know, doing the interior passing big man to big man, they're unstoppable. And I'm kind of scared of this Gonzaga team. After really watching them, you know, a bunch of games this season and in this tournament, they got their groove thing going. And if Matthews is shooting and Williams Goss can, you know, get to the hole and get Barry or Jackson in foul trouble, Carolina could really be in a situation. But I think Barry has just got to be at his 83%. Maybe he was 85 the other game. He's probably 83% now. 
He's just got to run the offense. I think Justin Jackson is becoming a star before our eyes. He's like, forget Josh Jackson, forget Lonzo Ball. He's like, I'm the real Jackson, okay? And his 18 points a game, he's had a great run in the tournament. It was him and Tyler Dorsey that were like the two main scorers. Well, now it's Jackson and Meeks. And I think Kennedy Meeks is going to have to have one of the games of his life. I don't know if he'll give you 25, but if he can give you 16, 17 plus, Carolina could definitely win. But my concern, Isaiah Hicks has been a no-show. He's got a little thigh quad issue. They were massaging it. He's got to get that going. At the end of the day, Ray, I just think North Carolina's got a little bit more talent. I think Gonzaga's got like, you know, with Tilly, they're seven deep. I think North Carolina is maybe eight or nine deep. And I think Luke May is going to have to score. I think Bradley's going to have to step up. I think Britt is going to have to play aggressive and penetrate and maybe even get Williams golf in foul trouble. And I have North Carolina cutting down the nets in a classic, classic championship. Like back to back last year, they're on the redemption tour, right? Like Kentucky 97, 98, when they came back and won it in 98. North Carolina is going to revenge last year's loss to Villanova, cut down the nets, win the championship. Justin Jackson will get the, you know, final four, you know, MVP, championship MVP. He'll score 23. And they will win the game 79-76. North Carolina, a nobody final. So, you know, me – I'm also a Carolina fan, but I'm trying to be objective here. Now, Joel Berry losing him this late in the tournament is a big deal. Now, they didn't lose him losing, but he's, he's I don't know if he's 85%. I'd say he's like 70%. <laughs> but when you're 70% on a Carolina team that's got other McDonald's All-Americans, that means that the McDonald's All-Americans have to step up. And to me, Justin Jackson has to score over 20 and he needs to carry this team because the big men, I don't think you can count on 25 again for Kennedy Meeks. He might get it to you. He might give it to you, but a lot of his work is on the offensive glass. Isaiah Hicks is one of those guys that can create his own shot. Bradley next year I think will be a beast. I hope he doesn't go pro, but Bradley next year will be, be a beast. I don't think he's ready. Pinson, May are good contributors off the bench, and I do think, like you say, Kenny Britt's going to have to do some work, but at the end of the day, with all of that talent, it's really the Justin Jackson show. He should be the best player on the court. And that being said, he needs to score 20-plus. He needs to carry the team. And the other thing from Carolina perspective is they can't go in these ruts, these five, six, seven, eight-minute ruts, because I think Gonzaga's too good a team for that. Gonzaga could win this game. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Gonzaga wins. I'm going to say that Gonzaga plays tough comes down to the last five minutes. It comes out to the last five minutes of execution. And I think Carolina pulls away and they score also a pretty high scoring game. I'll say 81-76 North Carolina. Okay. I got a three-point win. You got a five-point win, but we both have the Tar Heels. Now to update you on the Ray and Tay group bracket, it was 35 entries, officially 34 because I think Ray had a second one he didn't fill out. And right now, if North Carolina wins, my three-and-a-half-year-old twin son, Mateus, will win the championship. 
which is really impressive because he, you know, he did the bracket pretty much himself. I only helped really in the first round. You know, I was like, okay, you can't pick a 16 over a one, that type of stuff. <laughs> and if Gonzaga wins, right, this is great because then the other twin, Jackson, has Gonzaga over North Carolina. Oh, and he no, would be the family champion. drama. He's currently in fourth. So tonight is an official twin battle, hashtag Taylor Twins battle for the championship. Oh, I they told can't him the winner, the game the winner either, can come though. on Ray and Tay, the Ray and Tay show. So we'll either have Mateus or Jackson on the Ray and Tay show. If they can come on live, if not, we'll t- you know tape it and punch them in. But we will have one of the winner of our bracket challenge on the Ray and Tay show, and it's either going to be a three and a half year old Mateus or a three and a half year old Jackson, and that is great, ladies and gentlemen. That oh, is man. fantastic. Those are our <laughs> champions right there. And William's upset because he's in second place. So, so I don't know. It's great. I see my boy Ray is doing good in our bracket competition with our friends. He's in the top, what, sixth place. I see Sammy's in 10th. I moved up to 54th, but, uh, you know. But I do have the Tar Heels, so maybe I'll move up to, like, the 20s or 30s after they win it. So, we'll see. But great show, Ray. We'll uh, meet up again right before the NBA playoffs tip off. So, we'll – We'll take a little break, and we'll be on, I guess, Friday, April 14th. And the NBA, to preview the playoffs, the playoffs kick off Saturday, April 15th, also known as Tax Day. But I guess Tax Day will officially be, what, Monday in America, the 18th? Tuesday, the 18th. Oh, Tuesday, Tuesday, the 19th, 19th yeah. They're giving, they're giving us extra time. How kind, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll take any time you can give you. Delay, delay, hey, delay. Listen, you got to pay. Know, listen, you got to do what you got to do. But it should be fun. It should be Justin Jackson's night. Roy of North Carolina's, what, 11th championship game. And it would be their third or Roy's third title. And the school's, what, sixth title? Six. Could you imagine Roy would have more than Dean Smith? Oh, it would be the fifth title. No, it'd be the six for the school, and then Roy has two. Roy would have three. Dean has two, and then there's one more. I guess Frank McGuire has has that one. Oh. In the fifth. Oh, did Bill Guthridge get one? No, Bill Guthridge didn't get one, did he? No, 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 he lost. Okay, yeah, Frank. Okay, so that makes sense. Okay, so that would be the six for the school. Their twentieth Final Four experience. Their eleventh championship. Wow, you talk about a blue blood. That's it right there. So great show. Enjoy baseball. Enjoy, you know, NBA hoops. Russell Westbrook tonight, the NBA Finals. Um, oh, Russell Westbrook, I believe, is tomorrow night. But it's, a, it's Minnesota-Portland. You've got the baseball going. Clayton Kershaw's pitching right now. And it's all about North Carolina-Gonzaga. Goliath against Goliath. Because they're nobody's David, right? Nobody's David. <laughs> No doubt. Let's enjoy the game, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.